0: Welcome to another episode of the Sports Bros Podcast featuring the Almighty Be Live, the money man Scotty D, and your host, the head of creative Eddie Cool. The Sports Bros Podcast is a sports podcast that's by the fans for the fans, talking sports just the way you like it. Without any further ado, let's give it up for the Sports Bros.
1: Hey, welcome to the Sports Bros Podcast. Ba-ba-ba, good times never seem so good. This is going to be a little bit of a different edition here, everyone. Uh, this is going to be a little bit of a Scott's Thoughts type of Sports Bros Podcast this week. We will hear uh, B-Live's top five at some point. Eddie Cole is was uh, working on a domestic bliss commitment this week? But uh, we had a lot to talk about. We actually, the Sports Bros, got together for the first time in a long time this past weekend. Uh, for those of you who follow us on Facebook, you may have seen that Eddie Cool and Be Live uh, met up with Yours Truly down in the Steel City for this weekend for the big Pitt-Clemson matchup down on Heinz Field. Uh, I'll tell you a little bit about that. Uh, we'll be getting into the NFL weekend as well as the World Series preview. We've got Braves-Astros into the World Series at starting this week on Tuesday night. But um just wanted to share a little bit with you um, be live was a uh, the ultimate heel this weekend as we headed down to Heinz Field. Obviously, he's a huge, big time Clemson fan, and I, uh, being a Pitt fan, we uh, we we, sh- we shared the space together. Eddie Cool sat as the buffer in between us with his irrelevance as far as being a South Carolina Gamecocks fan. Sorry, Eddie Cool. Um, anyway, it was a it was a wonderful night. The uh, the. the Pitt was introducing a new Hall of Fame class. They had some of the heroes of various Pitt sports from the past down there. And this actually was a big game for Pitt in the program because they had, you know, when I was a kid, they had a national championship they hung on the wall. You know, Tony Dorsett won the national championship with them, I believe, in 1976. Then you had Hugh Green, defensive player trying to get a Heisman, Dan Marino. But things have not gone well for the Pitt program on a regular basis And, uh, you know, there's no national championships uh, to to be spoken. Not even getting anywhere near it. Whereas Clemson has had unprecedented success the past few years. Now, admittedly, this is a little bit of a down year for Clemson. But, you know, that's still Dabo on the sideline. And there's still guys on that team that are going to be playing on Sundays in the future. So uh, Pitt invited them into the weekend and and came away with a 27, I think it was a 27-17 victory. And as... As much as Live hated it, he had a blast with us down there and, and mingling with the, bit, with the pit crowd. And uh, <laughs> there, there are some good pictures and, and videos we've had up on Facebook for the past few days. But we had a great time down there. So those two guys, it was great being with you in person. You know, we record this podcast from different locations, but it was great to be all together for this past weekend. And uh, as a pit fan, it was a wonderful time, wonderful weekend. Uh, the, we also, we, we got together uh, on Sunday and watched uh, a little bit of NFL football together, which we never really get to do, and it, did, it didn't go well for those guys either. Uh, I, I'm really not sure what's going on with the Carolina Panthers here. They got off to a great 3-0 start, and they were excited, and now have dropped, I, I believe, four games, and they are, th- this one was bad, uh, losing to the Giants, a team that has been banged up and really really lacking and it really wasn't that close so the Sam Darnold thing doesn't seem to be working out for Carolina like we thought it was going to be or at least like I did I, I had high hopes for Sam Darnold right you know th- this guy spent four years with the Jets and with Adam Gase and I forgave him of those sins of being such a lousy player in New York but now uh, the Jets or the I'm sorry the Panthers seem to be Eyeing Deshaun Watson once again, that that's that situation's heating up as a trade deadline is coming coming into play. But uh, Carolina uh, seems to be on a, a runaway train right now. That, that, that really bad loss to the Giants this past Sunday. Uh, the the game that um, I think a bad loss also would fall in on the shoulders of the Kansas City Chiefs. I can't believe what I'm seeing with the Chiefs. You know, you could say the defense is terrible. Where you could say the offense is terrible, but in this case, it's both. I mean, they got outright dominated by a Tennessee team who, who played Monday night and, and beat Buffalo, so they were on a short week. Kansas City looks just completely out of sync right now. Mahomes does not look like the Mahomes that we've seen in the few years past. They didn't even score this week. I mean... I think that was, if I read the graphic correctly, that was the first game in Patrick Mahomes' career where the Chiefs have not gotten onto the board. So as a guy who kept saying they're going to flip the switch, I don't know that there is a switch at this point. And Tennessee has now suddenly established themselves as a force to be reckoned with in the AFC. I was thinking Buffalo was the outright favorite and Kansas City was going to just hit that switch. And I, I still, too... A certain degree, I'm I'm wary of of Tennessee for the simple fact that I don't trust Ryan Tannehill just yet. But, hey, Derrick Henry, you know, he's throwing touchdowns too. So if that team can keep establishing the run, especially as we get into the cold weather months, and they can keep him fresh and and still wearing down other teams' defenses – You know, Tennessee has to be taken very, very seriously at this point, especially considering they just beat the AFC defending champion and the team that I consider to be the AFC favorites in Buffalo. So Tennessee, their stock rising, Kansas City going the opposite direction. And speaking of stock stock rising, I was completely impressed with the Cincinnati Bengals this past weekend. Going to Baltimore, I thought that they would lose. Cincinnati was 4-2 going into the game. Really, the only team that we thought that they had played that was that was a good team was Green Bay, and they actually should have beat them. They had a chance to to kick a game-winning field goal, and I think they missed twice. That was that crazy game where both kickers were just going out there shanking kicks. But they went in and beat Baltimore on their turf 41-17. to I have to admit, I was one of the guys that thought that drafting Jamar Chase was a mistake because I thought that the Bengals really needed to – beef up their offensive line to protect Joe Burrow. Maybe they knew something I didn't. Maybe their offensive line is better than I gave them credit for it. But I'm telling you, Jamar Chase is the deal, baby. Jamar Chase um, seems to have established a real rapport. I know they, they, were, they were teammates before, but it, it seems like the chemistry with Joe Burrow is clicking. He's now like his most trusted target. He had 10 targets on Sunday. Well, actually, T. Higgins had 15, which was more. But Jamar Chase had eight grabs for 201 yards and a touchdown, one of which was an 82-yarder. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's why I'm recording podcasts on my phone and not scouting in the Bengals department because they went ahead and took Jamar Chase. And that seems to be working out very well for them. So now Cincinnati sits at 5-2, and two, and they got to be in the in, – Considered probably the—I don't know if they're necessarily the favorite to win that division. they will have to face Baltimore again, but they've already beaten Baltimore, beaten Pittsburgh, and Cleveland seems to be on uh, shaky ground right now. So Cincinnati—they're—it uh, seems at this point in the season, after seven games, they are a very, very legitimate threat to to be a postseason contender at this point. You know I don't yet classify them as serious as Buffalo or Tennessee, but uh, how about you Bengals? Now coming this this upcoming week, uh, I was looking at our schedule, and to me this, the the highlight game of the week appears to be Thursday night, and that is going to be the Green Bay Packers at the Cardinals. This is a game that I would think the Cardinals will be up for like no other because they're they're seven and O, the uh, the last undefeated team in the NFL. And they still seem to be, overall, not looked at as as serious contenders as people still are, are favoring Tampa Bay or the Rams, possibly. But the Cardinals are, you know, you know they're, they're firing on all cylinders. And the Packers going in there are not going to have Devontae Adams. He's on the COVID-19 list. So that weapon taken away from Aaron Rodgers, I think, definitely uh tilts things in Arizona's favor, having the home field, have not having the guard Adams. Green Bay is on a six-game winning streak. So this is a this is a a you know, I wouldn't say it's a huge game as far as deciding what's going to happen, because both these teams are going to the playoffs, no doubt about it. Both are uh, you know seemingly Green Bay is going to have a lock on their division. Maybe Arizona still has a challenge with the Rams. I you know, looks like the Seahawks have fallen off, the 49ers have fallen off. But you know, both these teams are going to make the plus, but it's going to be one of those games that you're going to gauge, and you may even see again come postseason time. Uh, I think I like the Cardinals to go eight and zero. You know, it just it that's not like I'm exactly going out on a limb there, but I like what Arizona is doing. They 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 have that look of the of a. Of a Serious contenders. Time to take that team serious. And uh, don't worry. The Dallas Cowboys are coming back this week. They're going to Minnesota. They had a bye week. Relax, everyone. America's team is coming back. They're rolling as well. And um, the NFL is almost at the halfway point because there actually isn't a halfway point this year because there's 17 games, which I still hate. But anyway, so um, Cincinnati, Tennessee, Buffalo, they look like the hardcore contenders in the AFC uh, I like. I'm liking the way the Packers are looking. Arizona, the Rams, the Cowboys, the Buccaneers. Those seem to be. Seems like those teams on both sides are the ones that are starting to separate themselves a little bit from the rest of the pack. Anyway, a lot of football left, and we'll talk a little bit more about that as when I get my bros back next week. In the meantime, baseball is not quite done yet. They have one scene left to play out. <laughs> Take me out to the ball game. So we got us a World Series, the Houston Astros and the Atlanta Braves. Now, I picked the Braves to go to the World Series. You can go back and listen. I did it back in April. I did pick them against the Yankees. That didn't quite pan out, but I did have the Braves. I didn't think it was going to be the Braves once the once the series or once the playoffs start, once we get to the postseason, that wasn't who I was expecting, and I really actually was not expecting the Astros either. I was at least hoping, but once it came down to the Astros and the Red Sox, I had to root for either the the team that cheated to win the World Series in 2017 or their coach who cheated. That is now the manager of the Red Sox. I just can't, as a guy who likes the Yankees, I can't bring myself to root for the Red Sox. S- Sorry, Matty Ice, and any other Sox fans out there listening, but I had to root for the Astros just uh, just because it was a team I liked, or I I disliked the least, I guess we'll we'll say. Uh, it, it seemed early the uh, that the Sox were uh, were making a serious push to be the to, to get to the World Series. They were hitting grand slams in bunches. They hit, I think, three grand slams in the first two games. Went up two to one. Uh, Ultimately, I think just the the, the better team won. I, I do think the Astros were better. They got more bats. The pitching was better. I think that if I'm not mistaken, the the from game four, the eighth inning, the Astros outscored him something like twenty eight to one or something the rest of the way, which finished in a five nothing uh, final final game. Uh, game six, Astros took five nothing. Uh, they had uh good pitching from Louis Garcia and Jordan Alvarez and neither one of those guys actually were even on the team yet in 2017 they were both in the minor league so uh Alvarez it, he came up big he hit over over 500 and was the MVP and the Astros uh emerge as the AL champion for the third time now in 5 years they were they were there 2 years ago 2017 2019 and now here we are in 2021 20, Kind of like the Giants did early back at the beginning of the decade. I think they were in it. Uh, what was it? Ten, twelve, fourteen, something like that. If I'm not mistaken, I'm not looking it up in front of me, but I, I believe that's what it was. But for me, the drama was on the other side in the National League. I, I am just dumbfounded over the way Dave Roberts decided to manage this championship. This guy has had, he's made questionable decisions in the past. I mean, the Dodgers go to the playoffs every year. It's been, I think, eight years in a row now. They've been to the World Series, I think, twice and won one last year. So they're defending champions. What is this guy doing with his pitching staff? In Game 5 against the Giants, he used uh, Urias and, and Scherzer both uh, in, in bullpen situations. They close out, then he, then he turns around and uses walker Bueller, I believe, in Game 1. Scherzer in, in Game 2, he, he complained after the game of a, of a tired arm. They didn't end up winning uh, either of the first two games. Uh, they had a 4-2 lead in Game 2, and instead of trusting a bullpen, who, by the way, this bullpen in the final month of the season had a, a, a Batting average against him of only 188. This was a good bullpen. This isn't like they they the Dodgers limped in. They won 106 games. They had I think the one of the best bullpens in baseball. I believe the second best bullpen in baseball. So he's out there tinkering. So Urias comes in and and he he gets into trouble. And then he brings Kenley Jansen in with inherited runners as a closer. He gives up a hit and the the game is tied in game two. They lose. So. He's he's already spent Scherzer and Urias. His two two of his his starters didn't put Price David Price. He didn't put him on the on the roster. He's a starter. They got this Gonsolin sitting on the bench. I guess they don't trust him. He's been a little little iffy, but he's a guy who can who's used to pitching innings. He's starting relievers and the the bullpenning thing I hate, and all, all teams are doing it now. But the but Dave Roberts I think really made a mess of this uh, of this series with his pitching decisions. I hate it. I think Dave Roberts, if the Dodgers... Are, now, the Dodgers are going to have some, some guys whose contracts are going to be up. Chris Taylor off the top of my head and a couple other guys. But I don't think Dave Roberts is the guy to manage a team in a postseason. I think he's proven that over and over again. And the fact that he had three starters on his postseason roster... It didn't have anybody. He ended up, because of his mismanagement, Scherzer's arm wasn't ready for game six. So now you're moving Walker Bueller up after pitching already. On, he's pitching on short rest. This guy wasn't ready. He gets knocked around a little bit in game six, and it's over. I mean, you would think, even down three to two, going to Atlanta, the Dodgers had to like their chances by putting out Scherzer and Walker Bueller. They weren't ready. Their arms weren't ready because of their their overuse. I think he didn't trust his actual bullpen enough, he's putting starters in. He's he's putting the bullpen guys out in the early in games. I I I, just, I hated everything about it. Now, having said all that, I do have to give a ton of credit to the Atlanta Braves. Um, Marcelo Zunya out with legal problems, and Rafael Cunha gone for the season early in the year. I, I kind of left them for dead. But they actually have a bonafide young star in Austin Riley. Uh, this guy, um, last year, I, I think he only batted 239, 230, and started off slow this season. And working with his hitting coach, d- was able to come up with a way to lay off sliders and stuff, low pitches that, that was chasing and getting himself out. And he finished the season hitting 303 with 33 home runs. And he carried that over into the postseason, and it's just you can't get this guy out right now. He's he's swinging a hot bat. They went out and got Jock Peterson, Eddie Rosario. Rosario had a, an incredible postseason. Uh, Max Fried's a bonafide fide star. I think he's a bona fide ace. And a- Atlanta has definitely. I mean, their their road was different than I was expecting. It. I thought it was going to be all pitching and riding their young stud Acuna, and uh, it's. It's been a different path to them to get to the World Series, but here they are, and uh, four wins away from a championship, and I don't think they're going to get it. I kind of think that the Astros are going to be on such a mission to prove that this team was good and deserved to be champions despite all the cheating allegations. But, uh, I, hey, I'm ready for one heck of a World Series here. I hope it goes seven games. I hope we have a, a, a great competitive World Series. I'm glad Dave Roberts isn't going to be in there to mess with the lineups and and have me sit here scratching my head. But I will be probably rooting for Atlanta and not expecting them to win, but that's, that's the way I see this going. I'm picking the Astros. I'm picking them in sixth. And that, my friends, is my spin on baseball postseason. <laughs>
0: Ladies and gentlemen, what's happening? What's going on in the world today? This be your boy, the Almighty Be live one-third of the Sports Bros Podcast. And you know what? We're going to switch it up real quick this week. You know, I'm just going to get right into it because I want to talk about what I love, and that is the sport of college football. And with that being said, I'm going to bring to you, you already know what time it is. It is time for College Football's Be live Top 5. You know what? Let's go ahead and get to it because, you know what? We were up in Pittsburgh this past weekend, and for what I like to call, you know, the playoff game that we were looking into, I traveled a long way for an L. I got heckled. I got harassed. I got beat down, yelled at. And I wouldn't take any of it back. Except for a of victory. But it is what it is. I said what I said. And I had my own fan base right there. They were yelling out expletives. Something, something, be live. But you know what? That's for another time or another place. Let's go ahead and get into. Be live's top five. We're going to start at number five. And I lied. I lied. I lied. I said... This team was out of my top five because of their performance this past week. But I'm going to give them one more chance just to be outside of the playoff. Just to be outside of the playoff. My number five team is Oklahoma. You know why? Oklahoma, you went scoreless in the first half against Kansas? 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 The same Kansas team that is in a Power Five conference that has lost three straight games to a group of five team that has only had football for less than 20 years. Are you kidding me? And that's them boys in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, by way of Conway, the Coastal Carolina Clears. Oh my goodness! And I'll talk about them in just a moment. But come on, you went scoreless with a Heisman candidate, undefeated, number three in the nation, number two in the coaches' poll, and you went scoreless against a basketball school. And you want to be and you you want to be in a college football playoff, Oklahoma. Get your life together. This is your last chance. I almost took you out of my top five, but you know what? There's not much. I'm I'm gonna keep you there just for the sake of right now. You're the best team in the Big Twelve, and that's just gonna hold. Just gonna hold a little bit of weight, just a little bit, because uh, he. I'm gonna get into why I'm gonna get into why in just a little bit I'm gonna go ahead and get through this top five real quick my number fourteen come on bro you you, you, you the media doesn't like you they don't like you so you gotta win these games convincingly Cincinnati I want you in this playoff. You got to get into this playoff just because I need a group of five team and this is your year. You got, you gotta dominate Navy better than that. I'm telling you, they, they want to do it. They want to put in these blue bloods into this playoff. Don't give them any reason. Don't give them any reason to take you out of it. You got to dominate. Come on, Cincinnati. I'm rooting for you. Even though you beat up on my alma mater, United States Naval Academy, that ah. you got to do it. You got to do better. Just, just do your job, finish off the season, get into the playoff. Give yourself a chance. Number three. Oh... By default, once again, but they did they did work this past week and it's starting to unravel, but we shall see we shall see because every game is a playoff game from here on out. D Ohio State University at the end of the day, they are the best team in the Big Ten. And the Big Ten right now is stacked. It's stacked. They might. I just I sincerely doubt it. They might squeeze in another team. But right now, the best of the Big Ten is going to get in. And that is Ohio State. And I think Ohio State is up there. They can challenge anybody in the country except for the top two teams in my top five. And I'm just gonna go ahead and get into number two and number one. They don't need any explanation. I already set it up this way because this is what I do. Number two is Alabama, number one is Georgia. And I get to everybody that knows me, I'm not an SEC biased person. That's not me. But talent is talent. Georgia is leaps and bounds better than everybody else. And Alabama is just Nick Saban in Alabama. But, hey, Alabama, yeah. right now, I'm telling you, I don't think you have much of a chance against Georgia. The way Georgia's been, just their defense has been truly dominating and the way y'all like to allow a lot of rushing yards and the way Georgia likes to run the ball, Georgia's clear-cut the number one team in the nation. And that right there is... Your be live top five when it comes to college football. And I'm going to give you a bonus segment real quick because you know what? Something tells me that last week when my pepper points came out in those three playoff games that I was talking about, all of them came true. I said that Oklahoma State could possibly sleep on Iowa State. And they did, oh boy, oh boy, I called it, I set it, I said it. I also said that uh, oh my heart c c u teal nation going up to Boone, North Carolina, into the heart of Appalachian State. It was not going to be an easy task. That is a hostile environment. And, an ex- oh, I called it, I called it, I called it. And then my third and final pepper point, And that's the reason why my voice is a little hoarse right now. Clemson had to travel all the way into Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and to Heinz Field, you know, how I knows? because I traveled as well, and I went a very long way to take an L. Pittsburgh is now in the driver's seat to win the ACC. We shall see. As it sits right now, with NC State losing to Miami, it's Wake Forest versus Pitt. But the season is far from over. So, there's going to be a lot going on in the very near future. The game to watch this coming week. There's three of them, of course, that have playoff implications. Ole Miss, Auburn, because guess what? Both Ole Miss and Auburn are tied in the loss column with Alabama to see who represents the SEC, in the Western Division, so it's not, it's far from over. Whoever wins Ole Miss Auburn still has an outside chance to make it to the SEC Championship. Huge implications. What's even bigger, we've got Michigan versus Michigan State. Undefeated against undefeated State rivalry. East Lansing versus Ann Arbor. Oh, it's about to go down. S- huge playoff implications. Who is going to leave that game unscathed? We shall see. The third playoff game, the game that has playoff implications. Be live why would you pick this game? The way everything looks like it's going to be a blowout. You can't count any team out when it comes to a rivalry, and this is one of the biggest around. It's only known as the world's largest cocktail party. There's a whole band that goes by the name of this this, um, game that's coming up. And it's called, they're called the Florida-Georgia line. So I'm telling you, yes, it could happen. Georgia versus Florida. Anything can happen. Can Florida pull off the upset and disrupt the entire college football world? We shall see. And with that being said, this Be Your Boy, the Almighty Be Live, one-third of the Sports Bros Podcast. Bringing you college football the way. I love it. Yes, sir. And I give Pitt honorable mention. They're not getting in my top five because you lost to Western Michigan. But now my team lost to the team that lost to Western Michigan. I'm going to say this, and hopefully it'll get some more media attention. Kenny Pickett for Heisman. That dude's bad. Flawless, flawless game from Kenny Pickett. Used his feet when he needed to. Put passes on a dime. This dude is the truth. Y'all better go ahead and do all the things. Win the ACC championship. Go on to the Orange Bowl. Do what it do. Represent the ACC proud. Pittsburgh, do the thing. Clemson, we gotta expose, but it's all right, cause I always bleed orange. I'm always going to be all in. This just isn't our year, but there's only there's a couple things left we gotta handle. We gotta beat Florida State, cause I'm not trying to hear that mouth, and we gotta keep the streak alive because the Palmetto State is our state. Gamecocks, you've been warned. And this be your boy, the Almighty Be Live, signing out. Yes, sir.
1: Well, sports fans. If you're a first-time listener, I just wanted to let you know, this is not our normal format. It's not just usually me rambling on and on and on about sports, although maybe you you loved it. Um, <laughs> but usually me and the bros are talking a little bit of sports. We're, we're mixing it up a little bit. Again, we got together this past weekend, and we're all trying to work our way back into our, into our routines, and we will be back together next week to, to do it all again. Uh, I would like to invite you to, to join us on Facebook. You can go to our Facebook page. Uh, we ask a question each and every week called The Choices of the Voices, and we invite you to supply us with an answer, and then we'll talk your answer over on the air the following week. Uh, the question I posed last week that we will be covering next week is this, uh, What? what does a fan base of a college or football team do that just absolutely drives you crazy, crazy? What, what annoys you from other fan bases? Uh, we already had some answers on our, our Facebook page, so feel free to go on there and give us a, your answer. And again, we'll talk about that next week. Um, to my sports bros, Eddie Cool, B-Live loved hanging out with you guys this past weekend. Uh, can't wait to get together, talk some NFL football, some B-Live Top five college and a world series with you guys next week. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you all for being a fan of the Sports Bros Podcast. And until next time, remember, God loves you and so do I. Hey,
0: thanks for listening to another episode of the Sports Bros Podcast. You can check us out here each and every Tuesday on Anchor.fm, Google Podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever podcasts are available. Click the links in our description box to check out our social media links as well too. And as always, thanks for listening.